The following is a production of Art Trap Productions and is made possible in part by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash British Sci-Fi. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also brought to you by Doctor Who Podshock, the premier international and oldest Doctor Who podcast. Check it out at podshock.net. Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. With Dave Cooper and Louis Trapani. We are back with the Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi, and as you heard, this is um, well, this is Louis Trapani, and with me is none other than Mr. Dave A. C. Cooper. Yes, it's a miracle I'm still alive. <laughs> Don't say that. It's a it's a miracle that we're we're back with Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great to be here, Louis, and it's lovely for you to do these uh, live shows and. You'll probably tell the people more about that in a moment. Yeah, well, we, obviously, if you're familiar with Doctor Who Podshock, uh, another show that we do, which is um, dominantly Doctor Who based. So uh, we do live shows, reviews of new episodes as they go out on uh, BBC and BBC America. And we decided to do the same with Torchwood for since we cover it mostly with with um, on Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi, though we do cover it to some degree on Doctor Who Pachak as well. So we wanted to uh, kind of resume the live shows, doing reviews, and do it with uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi, and that's what we're doing now. So this is our first, even though Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi has been around for two, three years now, this is our first time we're doing a live show, doing a live review of, you know, for the show. And, um, I don't know. We Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi, as I said, has been around for I, I think three years now, and it's it, it we kind of been doing it monthly, and maybe um, now with this new Torchwood series, it's out on a weekly basis. Maybe we'll put out a weekly show to cover Torchwood. Um, I was debating whether or not it should be weekly or maybe bi-weekly, um, but maybe we'll we'll aim for weekly initially and see how it goes. If it's um, I think we might be able to do it weekly. Um, because the shows themselves, I don't think, will be too long. The title is long, Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. I'm, I'm debating on whether or not we should shorten that because it is a mouthful, and it might just we might we could shorten to just Guide to British Sci-Fi, which kind of um, you know chops off the Hitchhikers. Which I mean, we still obviously that that's a nod to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which we adore and love. But again, like I said, we're trying to uh, maybe shorten the title. We could just take the the first two letters and the last two letters of Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi and it'll be Hi-Fi 
but I think that's already taken Hi-Fi. All right, well, we're here um, to review the first episode of Torchwood, which is uh, Torchwood Miracle Day, and the first episode is called The New World. This is the first of 10 episodes of this new series. And um, why are we reviewing Torchwood? It's, uh, is it still a British sci-fi show? I, I think it is. It's still headed up by the same team as far as um, Russell T. Davies and Julie Gardner, Jane Trainer, um are heading up the show. And there's still, obviously, John Barrowman and um, Eve Miles and uh, Kai Owens and Tom Price and some, you know, many of the original cast members are there. I, you know, even though it's being produced in L.A., it's still partially funded by BBC Worldwide, I think. So it still, I think, is um, still has its roots in, you know, in the U.K. So I think it does. Well, certainly. There's also uh, two versions of it. I think, again, you may want to give some explanation to that. Well, yeah. uh, Apparently from episode one, there may not appear to be much difference. But from what I've heard from Mr. Benjamin Elliott, there, there will be slight differences well, as we move through the series. Well, that was going to be my question about what are the differences. Now, I know there's going to, there's a BBC version and the Stars version that goes out. And to my understanding, and I don't know if this is true or not, that it has to do with editing it for for sex and violence or that to to uh, to so it would fit into the BBC standards. I don't know if that's true or not, but I don't I mean, why else would there be a different edit for BBC than there is for stars if if it's not for that. I don't know. Well, as I understand it, I mean, it's not because, uh, I mean, I realise that stars is uh, not, it's a paid-for channel, so probably have a little bit more latitude on what they can show. But the BBC, certainly after the 9 o'clock watershed, are pretty... Uh, yeah, lenient. Uh, not lax, uh, because they do uh, monitor it for, you know, artistic merit, uh, you know, it's not gratuitous stuff. Um, but I think that the reason that that is being propounded by uh, Russell T. Davis, the showrunner, of course, is that um, a lot of younger viewers consider Captain Jack to be their property, their, you know, and therefore, even though it, it obviously goes out after the nine o'clock watershed, thereby saying to adults, you know, you know, uh, family supervision, it's your discretion whether your children see it or not. He does know that there will be that pressure on parents to say, well, look, I watched Captain Jack. I've seen him in this, that, and Doctor Who, and I want to see him. So I think it's from that point of view, almost of preserving the character of Captain Jack for those younger UK viewers. Mm-hmm. Well, it, as we said, um, it is out on Stars, and then a week later, six days later, it's out on um, BBC. And um, I know with episode one, then it... The first episode in the, uh, in the U.S., it came out on the 8th of July, and then on the 9th, the day after, it was on um, in Canada on um, it's, was it the Space Channel, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was also streaming all day on the original day. Um, I saw some tweets it's, where people said it, it was actually stream, legitimate streaming. It wasn't uh, well, stars, you know, a hockey copy. Stars has a screening room, which I don't know if it's available outside of the... I don't know if it's restricted to the U.S. or not, but that you can view the first episode, this episode that we're reviewing today. If you haven't seen it yet, you can go to Stars, you know, the, the, the Stars website and go to the Torchwood section, and there's a, um, a screening room which you can view the first episode. They do this with all their original series, to my understanding, they'll... The first episode of the series, they'll 
allow you to screen free of charge. So hopefully that you'll get hooked on it and then subscribe to stars. You know, that, that's the point. The, the, the problem is that it's very difficult in the U.S. if you don't already have stars to just get the Torchwood. It, it's even more difficult to get Torchwood than it is to get Doctor Who. I mean, with BBC America, once it's shown, even if there are a lot of uh, cable and satellite you know, networks that, that may not offer BBC America. So if you, that means you're completely out of luck. But at least it goes to iTunes and Amazon the day after or, or sometimes hours after it's shown on, on BBC America. And that's not the case, which I suspected wasn't going to be the case with stars. So they're holding on to it as a, you know, as a property. But the thing is, there's no way to, even if you want to, um, you know, pay for it, there, there's stars on demand, which you can... You can pay for stars on demand, but the thing is that you have to be, at least with my cable provider, you have to be a subscriber to stars already. And it's not, you know, if, if for those that are maybe listening um, outside of the U.S., it's many cable services here in the U.S. or don't offer um, a la carte channels. In other words, so if you want to the stars, you can't just order, oh, I want the stars and let's let's just order that. You have to order packages, like in my case. In order to get stars, I can't just order the package that has stars in it, which will have other channels, which I won't watch. But I have to order the next package up and then another package up before that, before I can even get to that. They're like tiers. So um, in other words, you have to get like your basic cable package and then you have to get your family cable package. And once you got those two, then you can order the premium channels on top of those. So there's like three packages that I would have to order in order just to get stars. And that will give me hundreds and hundreds of channels, which I don't want. I just want to get stars for the Torchwood. Right. Well, well I think that, that, well, two things here. One, I think it was at Comcast.net, the uh, Xfinity Comcast net that was showing it, I believe. Didn't work here in the UK, but it was showing. But I do know that uh, Resident Alien in the room, Mark, uh, does have an opinion on this, and I'm sure he'd like to speak about it, if you'll allow him. Sure, Mark, if you want to chime in. Yeah, sure. I was just going to add that uh, I was kind of shocked by how much it cost me to watch this, because I've always said across the years of accessing, you know, if you're living in the US, and back in the days before we had day-and-date transmission of things like Doctor Who, what you do is, you you know, you do it... A slightly naughty way of doing a bit of bit torrenting or something like that, and you know, people like me would say, "Well, you know, if that's the only way that you can do it, that's that's what you're going to have to do." So, I had a bit of a uh, ethical challenge here when I had to say, "Okay, I'm going to have to put my money where my mouth is." I've always said, "If I can get it legally, uh, then I will." But then when I found out it's going to cost me. I mean, uh, exactly uh, with you, Lewis, on all that, in the sense that. I already pay quite a large amount to get cable. I mean, mm-hmm. to get things like BBC America, you've already got to go up a few packages, which we've done. And then on top of that, you're talking, where I live in North Carolina, you're talking about, if you've got a standard cable, like Time Warner Cable or something, you're talking about $13, $14 a month, you know. Now, given that all I'm going to be getting from that is a few episodes of of uh, Torchwood, that is a pretty hefty price. I mean, you know, I, I mean, buying the DVD set or the Blu-ray is, is going to cost about the same as, as accessing, you know, the channel. So it is a bit frustrating. But then again, at the same time, uh, when I was watching it, I was thinking, 
okay, there's, uh, you know, every time I saw some sort of really great special effects, like a nice big exploding helicopter or something, I thought, well, that's my... That's my thirteen bucks a month, you know. Well, the thing is, <laughs> and, you you think that, but they're only getting a small fraction of that because uh, you know the cable company gets their piece, and then you know they're, they're, the cable companies are, are buying all the this uh, content from all these other cable, all, all this other um, you know the the other premium channels that may be on that same package that Stars is in. So, you know, I mean, a small piece of it goes yeah, there. That, and that is the frustrating thing because you know, I mean, if there were a way of accessing it, you know, where, where you could just buy it, you know, on a, on a much more limited basis by that particular program or whatever, it would, uh, it would make life, you know, a bit easier, so that was a bit frustrating. But at the same time, you know, I mean, there was, I have to say, there was a slight thrill, uh, you know, when you're living in, in the U.S., there is a slight thrill about getting the thing a few days earlier. You know, we've had to suffer it the other way around for a long time, you know, knowing that people in the U.K. are getting these things first, and, uh, it was kind of nice, you know, feeling privileged and getting this before everybody else. So it was fun. <laughs> I mean, ideally, it should all be, you know, day and day transmission. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that's just not the case. And probably stars, since they're paying the the bulk of this new series, they, I'm assuming, I, I mean, I don't have any inside information, but my assumption is that they, it's, um, you know, they worked out a contract that they get to show it first before anyone else. I, I'm, I'm assuming yeah, that's the yeah, case. Yeah, I think that's likely. You know, so... Um, and, and we know Russell T. Davis and, and his crew, you know, James Tranty you mentioned, and Julie Gardner, we know that they worked really, really hard to get this bill. I mean... Oh, yeah. You know, it was, it was yeah. months and months before. I mean, they were really working. They, they were shopping around. At, at one point, it was yeah, um, yeah. talked about going to Fox, and uh, there was, uh, you know... It, I know they've been shopping it around. So I think, you know, it's kind of well, well, well done to them for, for kind of getting that. And, and yeah, you know, you, you can... You, you can see the, the the results of it, at least from the first episode, that it, it does look pretty impressive. It's a beautiful-looking uh, mm-hmm. program, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's a lot more to come. I mean, I won't spoil it by mentioning, but uh, if if you've got the wiki page open that we're referring to, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of more class actors to appear. I won't reveal their names. Maybe some of you know them already. But they've got a good cast. We, we've got the... Uh, the great uh, team of writers, including uh, one of the ladies I like from uh, Buffy, Jane, can't remember her second name, but, um, you know, people, that's the word, um, you know, people with real pedigree in producing um, what you might call A-quality shows on the stage. I mean, and I'll add this in now, obviously, this is about uh, British sci-fi, and sometimes people in the UK can be slight critical of the sort of wallpaper nature of American TV. Um, but there's no doubt about it, the upper tier, the top tier group are, are slick. Uh, you know, the money's on the screen and, um, you know, the quality's there. I mean, if you've ever watched something like Heroes or something like that, which I thought was fabulous and the, the other great uh, quality shows, uh, this to me, before we actually start talking about the show in particular, um, look the business as they say. The, mm-hmm. the transition was done, and it's marvellous to actually have Mark in the room because Resident Alien should give the clue away. He, he's a Brit in the States, so he gives a unique perspective for you, Lewis, on you know how that transposition went. Yeah, I big you up now, Mark. So you have to be good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, gosh, now now that uh, that uh, makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, yes, I think, I mean, it's it, it, okay to talk about the actual content of, of the episode. Well, we'll just give a, a, a we'll give a spoiler warning now. So if you haven't seen, okay. we're, we're talking about New World, which is the New World. Actually, is the name of the episode, which is the first episode of this new series of Torchwood, which is a ten episode umbrella series or mini series, if you like. Just like uh, two years ago, which was um, Children on Earth, was a a, a five episode mini series, if you like. So this is the same thing. So, um, and if you haven't seen it yet, like we said before, if you go to stars, the, the, that, um, website, you can view this free of charge. The first episode, it's available on their site for streaming only. You can't, you know, download, you have to like sit in front of the computer and watch it or, or, you know, you have to do it, you know, that way. But as river, river song would say, spoilers, Spoilers again. All right. Well, you get the idea. So, anything after this point, you, um, you're warned now that there might be spoilers pertaining to the first episode. We're not. We're, if if because I know um, in the states the second episode's gone out already. So we're limiting it uh, to just the first episode in this in this show that we're doing now. Okay, go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No, I was, I was, one of the things that I think is fantastic about it is the is the transition that's been made between something that was very, very British in its feeling, in fact, not just British but Welsh, you know, that now looks fantastically American, but at the same time without leaving its roots in the original series. So it's kind of impressive that, you, you know, because, it, it, I mean, if, if you actually sort of sat down and said, how do you take something? That's, that's so based in Britain, so so that kind of you know built around you know I mean you know it, it's a spin-off from the ultimate quintessential British show as well, Doctor Who. So you said, how do you do that? Transplant it into America and make it successful. I think you you know you'd be scratching your head. You'd be saying it's a puzzle, but somehow they've managed to carry it off at least on the evidence of the first episode. I mean, yeah, it looks, I agree. Feel. It looks and feels like yeah, like a, like a big American show, and then at the same time, it, you, it doesn't feel like it's not Torchwood anymore. It, I still felt I was watching mm-hmm. Torchwood, and I felt I was being, I felt I was being, well, not not humoured by Russell T Davis, but but um, you know, he was paying a compliment to the to the fans of the show. He, he was saying, look, I'm not going to forget you. You know, we're get, we're going to have. You know, if you're a fan of Gwen and Captain Jack and, you know, PC Andy and so on, you're going to see these people. And, you know, we're going to put a few little references in for you if you've seen, you know, previous bits of Torchwood. And I think that it's, when it's done as well as this, I think it's easy to think, oh, well, yeah, that was that was pretty easy transition. But, you know, if you think about sitting down to write a script that somehow makes the show, you know, like a new show, I mean, it felt like a kind of a pilot for a new show, but at the same time, you know, keep the fans of the existing series there, then, you know, I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty skillful tightrope work it's done. And to make it seem as seamless as that, and also at the same time to have such a fantastic narrative flow, you know, I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's really impressive. Really impressive, I would say. I agree with you 100%. I, I know when it was first announced that 
it was going to be on stars that Russell T. Davies had um, successfully, um, you know, he was, as I said before, he, he was shopping it around and, and um, there was uh, some initial talk about, about it going elsewhere. Then it was announced that it was going to stars. A lot of people feared, oh, no, an American version of Torchwood. And, and everyone thought it was going to be a complete reboot or a remake or whatever. And it's not. It's a continuation of the existing series. It, and it, it pretty it, it's faithful to that. I don't think there's anything that I saw like, oh, they would never have done this in the original, you know, Torchwood or whatever. It it felt very much like a continuation, except for, like you said, it's 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 uh, an American show with the wrapped around the original um, Welsh version of it. It seemed. I mean, it it, right. it, it seemed like a sandwich. You know, it's sort of like. Um, Reese's Pieces when chocolate and peanut butter come together, it just it just worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it, it is definitely worth noting that this is a difficult trick if you've ever watched uh, Being Human, the UK version, as opposed mm. to the American version. Very tricky act. I'm not saying it wasn't uh, successful, the American one. In some ways, it did work. Um, but uh, it just shows you how fraught with difficulties it is, uh, especially since, um, you know, Russell T. Davis probably is a bit of a control freak, I would imagine, and uh, he may well, uh, the American contingent might have had a battle on their hands to get him to say, no, actually, uh, Russell, that won't work here. Um, whatever, ha and we all know, um, what's the animal that, you know, if, a, if, if an animal was designed by a committee, it would be a camel. You know, you know the old because yeah. if a blind man feels yeah. the hump, he thinks it's an element, an elephant. If he feels the the tail, he thinks it's a snake, and so on. And and design by committee doesn't often work, but for somehow they seem to have uh, squared the circle here. Uh, we've got the good strong uh, UK contingent that's gone over, mm. and they've um, they've enlisted the help of uh, known people with known records, as I mentioned before, and uh, not. Spoiling episode two at all, it appears to be that they've they've got over that initial hurdle of not offending the UK fans, yet giving a, a fairly easy lead-in to a ten-part story. And the ten parts, of course, it's not like the five-part Children of Earth, which basically had to motor along pretty quickly. Um, I mean, you could virtually say that um, this episode that we're going to talk about is almost a prelude rather than episode one. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you don't have to go too far, you know, in, in talking about when you have too many bosses to please is, uh, a, might, a, a good, a good example of that might be the 1996 Doctor Who movie, which was a similar situation that took a British show and produced yeah, it indeed. in the U S and with BBC co-funding it, but mostly it was, um, funded here in the U.S. by uh, by Universal and Fox. And um, so and then you had the BBC. And so you had all these different um, masters to please, if you will, if you forgive the pun. So it and it, it did create some kerfuffle in the actual storytelling there. I mean, I, I think they did an outstanding job for what they had to work with there. But, you know, this whole thing about half human and other stuff that was put into the sh to the show that was just kind of maybe some of the casting decisions whatever were you know were maybe not all the direct decisions of the producer of the show so it's um mm. 
Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a really good contrast because although I love the you know like lots of us do the Doctor Who movie from '96, mm-hmm. it was so continuity heavy. I mean, you know, looking back on it now and, and con- contrasting it with the way Russell T. Davis brought back the show with Rose, you know, in 2005, which isn't continuity heavy. He's done the same thing here, I think, with Torchwood. He's basically sat down and said, I've got to make this compelling and exciting as a drama to someone that's never even heard of Torchwood. And at the same time, I've somehow got to satisfy the fans. And that's the thing which he seems to be able to pull off. I think, you know, he, he's a great writer of, uh, of pilots. You know, he, he must agonize over them. I'd actually go so far as to say, I think Russell T. Davis is a lot better at writing first episodes than he is at writing uh, climaxes. <laughs> that is absolutely true, yeah. 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 I mean, he's yeah. done he's done this several times. I mean, I, I actually go back and often watch um, Rose because I think that's a masterpiece of how you bring back mm-hmm. a series that's been away for years and you've got to catch people with a story. You, you know, you practically... And, and you just you, you meet the Doctor the first time when he's just kind of in the middle of running down a corridor, effectively. And that's the same thing here. You, 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 you meet the characters while they're in the middle of doing stuff. We're yeah. Not, well, what's interesting, the, the comparison there with Rose, if you go back to the original, you know, to, to Rose, that episode, it was, um, as the title implies, it's it's told through Rose's eyes. So here you're introduced to the Doctor just as Rose is introduced to the Doctor. So if you'd never had um, any experience with, you know, with the Doctor or Doctor Who, you were introduced to it through Rose's eyes. So she got to know who and what the Doctor was in that episode. Episode. And here in in this episode, the new world of, of Torchwood Miracle Day, the same thing is happening because now you have these uh, um, American characters that are have no knowledge of Torchwood, and um, Torchwood is stricken from all the records, so no one knows anything about Torchwood. So it gives an opportunity, a storytelling device, to kind of explain mm-hmm. what Torchwood is without um, you know for for those that may not have any knowledge of it. Yeah, uh, right, he, did, he did the same. Sorry, uh, he did the same with uh, yeah. Smith and Jones, didn't he? With the introduction of Martha, that was a very similar, very clever way of uh, bringing uh, it in. But go on, Mark. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to agree. Yeah, I mean, the Esther Drummond character who's doing all this exploration again is is a little bit like Rose. She's a bit like Martha. She's also like the character, and I'm just forgetting her name in Children of Earth, um, who's arrived to the the job on the first, you know, her first day. She's doing a little bit of exploration. So you've got you've got that same character again. Great narrative device for, you know, kind of who is tortured, who is catching chat, what's going on, you know. And I think it's great for the it's great for the viewer that already knows Torchwood because actually what it does is it it, it makes the viewer that has, is in on the secrets kind of glad to be in on the secrets because you think aha yes they don't know yet what we know about yeah, yeah. Torchwood they don't know about the past and and. That, I think, is, is the skill of starting something fresh but at the same time ingratiating the existing viewers because, because you're, you're saying to the existing viewers, you know, I'm not going to patronize you, but at the same time I'm going to reward you for your, you know, for your inside knowledge kind of thing. But having said that, I mean, it would be interesting to hear what someone would make of it that really has had no experience at all of Torchwood and no experience of the Doctor Who universe. But I suppose that's, that's, that's one of the harder things to come by because it's... Uh, it's the fans at this point that are desperately tuning in and so on. 
Well, it would be, like you said, it would, it would be insightful to hear the opinions of someone that haven't seen the previous three series of Torchwood and is just being exposed to it now. It's just discovering it now. Well, this is, um, here, here's a, a, since we're speaking about it, here's a, um, a clip of what we've just been talking about, how Torchwood is explained in, for newcomers, for people that maybe have never seen Torchwood before, and it's worked right into the story. He was after me, not you. Why? Why would he want you dead? On the very day that no one's dying? Wish I knew. And what got you so involved? I'm not even authorized for this. But this friend of mine, I was telling him about Torchwood, and he crashed his car while I was talking to him, and I can't help but thinking that it's all my fault. Know the feeling. So what is Torchwood? Torchwood no longer exists. Then what was it? Because there were photos in that file of a man who looked just like you, but it said 1939, 1925. Is it your father? I suppose it must be. Yeah. Hurt my arm. Considering what we just went through, I'd say that was a miracle. Yeah, another one. The Torchwood Institute was set up by the British royal family in 1879 to defend the realm of Great Britain by investigating the unusual, the strange, and the alien. I'm kind of guessing alien doesn't mean foreign. Alien as in extraterrestrial. Oh my God. This whole situation worldwide, that's exactly the kind of thing we used to investigate. Torchwood, they said when people died. But there was that other photo of Gwen Cooper. There was no date of death. She's still alive. The last one left. And I'm gonna keep her safe which means making sure that the Institute stays dead and buried. So that first email last night, the one that just said Torchwood? Wasn't me. God knows who it was. But that was enough to call me back, and I got to work, releasing the malware, destroying hard copies, removing all traces of the word, using retcon. What's retcon? What's retcon? It's a smart drug. Selective amnesia. So that scene right there kind of does it all. It 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 serves two purposes. It, one, it, it kind of, uh, for anyone that's not familiar with Torchwood, it introduces those people to Torchwood and what Torchwood is about and, uh, you know, where it came from. And for longtime uh, Torchwood fans and Doctor Who fans, it's, uh, it's a nice nod, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And it's sort of like, it, it, it kind of... Uh, brings you back to it, it's a bit nostalgic you know it brings you you know um it, it brings you back to the tortured series and and that it has that same feel and vibe 
that we've seen before, you know, just when it brings you back to the first episode of Torchwood where he um, where Captain Jack brings in Gwen, you know, and uses retcon, retcon, retcon on, um, you know, on her as well. And she forgets and initially and eventually she becomes part of the team. But and and I suspect maybe the, the same is happening here. Right. Yeah. And um, as Willis Girl joins us in the room and maybe resident alien Mark hasn't got that long. Just to mention something that uh, Darth raised earlier on our show that um, uh, Russell T. Davis um, was using one or two of the 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 tactics are tr- not tricks, but his uh, signature ideas in this in terms of like um, the way Captain Jack was introduced. I mean, you had that clip. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were a good 15 minutes into it, maybe. Well, 20 minutes. 20 minutes I, I, I checked the clock right. on that before he appears. We, which was like in A Good Man Goes to War, wasn't it? And uh, yeah. that was mm-hmm. um, Stephen Moffat reusing a, a Russell T. Davis ploy. Um, but, um, you know, and then we have Captain Jack might make the silhouette appearance that all heroes seem to do. Um, and um, there, was, there was a lot to admire, but we, we, we need to make the most use of Mark as we have him here. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 I'm making you work. I'm making you work. Um <laughs> Were there any characters that you actually, um, you know, gelled with immediately or um, anything? Picking up, picking up from the Captain Jack point, the the thing that's so fascinating about it is is the is the character we're all most familiar with is Captain Jack, and yet in this one, he's the most alien of all of them, isn't he? I mean, so we're made to sympathise sympathise with all of the with all of the American cast in a way, with the exception, I suppose, of the Bill Drummond. Uh, Rapist character, but, so we've got the sympathy with lots of those characters. We have a lot of sympathy with Eve, Miles's character and uh, husband, and so on. But Captain Jack is kind of distant, and that, one of the things I'm quite excited to see is what his character development is going to be like over the next ten weeks. Because you know we left him in a very, very, very low spot at the end of Children of Earth, and you know from what we can see, he's been sitting in a room, you know, on his own. Brooding. I mean, this is a world apart from Captain Jack of a few years ago. You know, when he, when he first comes into Doctor Who, when he's a cheeky chappy and he's flirting with people. He hasn't flirted once yet, has he? Well, n- uh, so, not yet. <laughs> Though yeah, I, I think that's that's to come. But well, it, it, it isn't the uh, the uh, the, shower, the fountain thing. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. He, he, yeah, I mean, it just yeah. fallen to to what possibly could have been the death. He couldn't wait to sort of shake her hand and say, I'm Captain Jack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he's... He, I'm well, just, but Mark, the character development there. I, I think just to go to, what, to go to what you just mentioned, I, I think since he's been on Earth, he's probably in, in that one-room thing, but he said he was called back, so we're assuming at, at the end of Children of Earth, uh, uh, yeah, he had left Earth, and we're assuming that he was somewhere off-world, and he was called back once mm-hmm. that the Torchwood um, yeah. was... And he's licked his wounds somewhat. Yeah. Well, and wounds yeah. is a, a, a good point there, because you're saying, Mark, you're saying now he's the most um, not alien in in this, which I agree, but them humanizing him now, because now he he is no longer, in, in, as, as far as we know, he's no longer indestructible. Right, right. And it's always the problem that you've got with immortal characters or, or big heroes is how do you make them vulnerable? You know, what, what's their kryptonite going mm-hmm. to be? And, and we've really got him we, we've really got him with some kryptonite fairly early on, haven't we, with him bruising and 
and, and that creates a bit of anxiety for him because, you know, knowing that he's been indestructible before, he can take the bullet. But now, is he going to take the bullet, you know, for the next yeah. Yeah. two episodes? So I, I think that's quite exciting. I think that really sets us up nicely. And I think also having... I mean, I, I love the character of Gwen anyway, but, but having mm-hmm. her with the dynamic with her husband and now with the baby as well, and the arguments in the hospital between yeah. the two of them. That, I mean, when I was watching that, I thought, this is what Russell T. Davis is. He loves doing, of course, the old kitchen sink drama, but he does it so well. And you feel the emotion. You know that she kind of wants to go back to this, and you know that she feels that she shouldn't do. So that's also going to be exciting, you know, watching the big transition you know, for her and for her character, and what kind of marital stresses are going to be, what kind of stresses are going to be for her as a mum. So that's uh, fantastic, I think. Well, it goes without uh, saying that. And the Reese character, the Kaioi, the Reese character, mm-hmm. he was. Mm-hmm. He was out. He, you, you get the slight sense that he was almost glad that his wife was out of that and she was, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I've got to say this carefully with Willis Girl in the room, but, you know, he's domesticated his wife, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Almost. Mm-hmm. Well, I mm-hmm. think. Kai Owen needs some props as well. I think he did an outstanding job, you know, portraying Reese Williams, you know, his character. And I, you know, it goes without say that Eve Williams is is brilliant. And, you know, she's and it's sometimes Kai Owen doesn't get a a, um, the recognition that that he deserves because he he really I mean, for the small part that Reese Williams is, he really fleshes it out and makes and makes it real. I had no doubt that that was that was really, you know, Reese there. You know, it just I, I think he did a fine job with that character. I, well, I think all the acting yeah. here is pretty is is top notch. Really, you know, I really didn't have a a, a problem. Even with um, Bill Pullman, really surprised me. Mm-hmm. N- not because I had any doubts of him as an actor, but I just haven't seen him in a role like this. You know, he where he's mm-hmm. played presidents and you know heroes, and um, you know, I you never seen him in this type of role before. So uh, I was quite surprised and pleased how well he's pulling off this he, he's playing this um convicted um murderer child killer oswald um Dane. danes yeah which uh, i i oswald yeah, is like absolutely outstanding I, yeah. agree. I, I was a little bit concerned he was going a little bit sort of um uh, you know, uh, Anthony uh, Hopkins type of, uh, mm. you know, where's the county and the father beans? But um, <laughs> Hannibal Lecterish, but... Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think yes, I see a little um, bit of that, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought it was better later. I did feel as though, again, I don't know whether it's, again, a perception of mine, uh, and again, I'm not going to spoil episode two, but I did feel as though one or two... Um, what 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 I would see in often shows in the UK a very subtle smile. So in other words, when you have a meeting, when you see two people having a meeting, and in face to face they're being you know straight with one another, and then as soon as somebody turns the back, you know they they hover slightly on the other person, and and the the the, uh, the face slips to show oh he's a baddie oh oh he's a baddie oh he's a baddie didn't really mean that. <laughs> I, felt, I, felt, I felt as though that was just a little bit too telegraphed, but um, and I'm not talking about obviously he was a baddie because he'd done all those things, but um, in other cases there were a couple of characters that you know uh, as soon as the, the the secondary person had turned away, you, you look you look at the face and you're thinking oh yes yeah they're not really you know straight with them or so on. Mm-hmm. I think as well it's a uh, it- 
but it's 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 such a bold move to begin the episode with him as well, because you're it's straight away as an audience. You you think I don't know. It evoked for me one of those dramas like CSI or. Uh, you know, some or, or, or you know, some kind of serial killer type thing. You know, you're you're beginning it with with one of the most profoundly unpleasant people it's possible to imagine. Then you're watching his execution. We haven't seen anything else. Just watching his mm-hmm. execution. I mean, what a bold move to begin. You know, to begin there. I mean, I, I, and part of that, I think, you know, is, is Russell T Davies does want to signal that this is you know adult drama. You know, I mean. I was interested. It went out with a, a TV 14 attack, which I think is supposed to mean that it's 14 year olds and above. Is that the gist of that? So, and I, I think I it, suspect, there's like one yeah. higher than that. There's, a, there's an MA, which I think is higher than that, TV MA, you know, one. But some of the stuff in there it is pretty unpleasant. I mean, what, I mean, talking about, you know, really grim. Uh, images, the, the image of the charred corpse. Yeah, the, that well, that was very creepy. The charred live body. Yeah. Wow, on the table. That that that, that lingered. Even though I knew it was, you know, all special effects and all that, it still was. I mean, that that lingered with me for a couple of days later. Just the whole thing with the eyes yeah, and the head, yeah. and it was right. just wow. Well, I had a slight issue with that because I, I was. It, it, I mean, in some ways, it was very good because it had that. You know, because you're, I mean, I don't know what you two guys do when you're watching these programs, but I'm sort of working my moral compass inside my head as I'm watching it. So, like when Captain Jack said, what would happen if you, you know, if you cut his head off and, and then you get one lone voice of one woman, so you can't do that, he's still living. Uh, and then the, the, the scientist that's been put in charge says, well, you know, I think we ought to, you know, almost as though this person is a non-human because basically he didn't look human. But... It it almost verged on the uh, was it scary or was it not silly but you know what I mean just it was very very, it, very it, near the it, edge. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, it, it, tell you what it reminded me of. It reminded me of that film Seven. There's a really nasty scene in Seven where they come across uh, one of the victims of the serial killer. Initially, they think that the corpse that they think they're looking at is dead, and there's a horrible moment when they realise it's still alive. And that's probably the closest I've seen to that kind of image. But in this is kind of worse because it's like how, in any sense, can that kind of body, you know, be thought of as being alive? But I think the skill of it is, if you if you have a premise which is kind of fantastic, like the idea of no one dying, all the audience at some point is going to go, well, okay, what happens if you chop them up into little bits? What happens if you fry them? You know, like, and Russell T Davis is dealing with that mm-hmm. kind of. Um, almost that kind of gory imagination that any viewer has and says, okay, we're going to show you just how far this business of people not dying goes. And then you hit that spot, it kind of satisfies the curiosity a bit so you can get on with the storytelling. So very, very clever, I think, that. Yeah, good. To, uh, that is a good point, actually. When, when you say it like that, it makes sense. But it, 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 it certainly went right up to the precipice for me on that one. Yeah. Uh, the other nice yeah, thing... Yeah, the other good thing that was referenced, uh, Lewis, uh, if you caught it, was the fact that, um, you know, the, you know, the other thing is, well, is it just humans? And again, they they dealt with that by yeah, by talking uh, about the insects. Insect, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's directed. We'll be it's, overrun it's, with them. It's targeted to humans, and the other thing is that we, we, which we see with Captain Jack, and we are seeing, we we appear to see with. Um, 
with um, the the CIA the CIA guy Rex Matheson is that no one seems to heal either. I mean, if you're if you're like near death or whatever, it seems like you stay in that condition, and and doesn't seem like anyone's healing. Um, from what we can see at the hospital, it just seems to be overrun. I mean, I don't know, but um, that seems to be another well, part of this. Well, again, that was another. I mean, again, I'm not going to spoil episode two, but I felt better about it after seeing episode two because oh, okay. episode, one of my problems about episode one was the fact that. You know, it, it it was just a prequel. I thought, and I was just getting ready for the story to get going, and it and it came not to a cliffhanger ending, but a stop. But um, the, the chat where where Rex leaves the hospital, and, and I said this on the Colton Collective earlier that um, he reminded me of Danny Glover in um, I've forgotten the name of the film yet again with um, Mel Gibson. Oh, the, one uh, of the um, live. Um, oh yeah, I know the ones you're talking about. The you know, uh, where you know I'm too old for this game, and he's sort of got a collar around his neck, uh, and he's sort of the silly way he's trying to get out of the hospital, and he's staggering away. And again, it was just teetering on being not funny, enjoyable, but funny, silly funny. But mm-hmm. again, uh, I, I take my point point on board that really. They had to show that this was in extremis, wasn't it? The the whole event. I mean, quite rightly. I mean, some people think so. Everybody, nobody dies. What's wrong with that? So, of <laughs> course, he's got to prove yeah. that there's something wrong with that. Uh, you know, if there's sort of uh, three three hundred or four hundred thousand new people being born every day, and half a million uh, new babies being born, you know, exponentially, you know six months down the line and you suddenly got an extra billion people on the planet and you've got a lot of them I mean presumably in extreme agony because I mean uh, whether they can, can they eat can they uh, they're still obviously yeah. in pain so uh, well I think that's that a... Rex character seemed to heal somewhat but that may be but he, uh, he kept on he maybe was... his his wounds didn't heal yet because he, he, you know, he was bleeding throughout died, the whole the point yeah he... yeah well even with um Gwen's um, um, father, it, it, we have to assume that he's in pain, whatever, because they all seem to be disappointed that he didn't die, which seemed a little unusual. I mean, even I mean, even though logically, you know, the ramifications of no one dying when it comes to a family member, you're you're going to probably make a an emotional exception to that. And it, but that yet they still seem to be sort of upset that he was still living, you know, <laughs> And in, in, to a certain degree, I mean, it's um, even his wife I mean, has, made a comment. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was say sorry. It's, it has been covered before in these science fiction series. I mean, in um, uh, if you take Angel or Buffy, uh, you know, you do have vampires that you know, unless you actually behead them or or uh, whatever, you know, the, 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 you'll set fire to them and they'll they'll go away and they basically the skin will grow back and they'll they'll be okay or in um, Highlander if you watch that about immortals that way you know unless you cut the head off if you do some damage to them you know they fall off a cliff or something they will repair so people watching TV should be at least familiar with that concept um but I don't think people are, are repairing themselves. That's I think that's the, the the gruesome part here is that if you're if you know if you're if you're half dead, you stay half dead or whatever. It seems. I mean, I don't know. Um, 
That's that's the no, way. I, th- that's... I, I think it's more the point if you if you chopped up, you stay chopped up. Yeah. But but, but it, 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 I mean, she, she said to the the Rex character that, that you would, although you were dead, your oxygen was still getting there, which gave me time to repair you. So the point is that after the event, the repairs were in place on his case. Because but he, he did, he did ask if he was going to stay in pain, and is he going to live forever like this? You know, oh, so no, yeah, I, I would imagine I that mean, he's it's, still it's, in pain. I mean, it's one of it's one of the you know the you know it's like you say, Dave. It's one of the oldest, one of the oldest you know things in fiction is is exploring you know death. You know, because it's one thing that we know that everybody as humans is going to have to face. Can't escape. It, it, it's a fantastic new take on it. You know, and, and I almost wonder whether, you know, you've got Russell T. Davis thinking you know, to himself, you know, what can be the premise? What can be the premise for this? And to reverse the, the I mean, what kind of mind comes up with the idea of reversing what is special about Captain Jack so that everybody survives and Captain Jack, or at least we don't know how the story's going to develop, but uh, Captain Jack is, you know, apparently at least able to suffer, you know, again. I mean, it's, it's a really, really great new take on, on the thing because we're all interested in death, you know, and, and narratives that focus on interesting new takes on death are always going to be interesting. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I hope you can sustain it because I think the premise is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Really great. I, I should yeah, make a um, note that um, in our chat, uh, Cakes is Cakes mentioned its lethal weapon is the name of the movie that we're talking about before with um, Danny Glover and, and Mel Gibson. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We should remind um, people that you can, um, if you're listening now live, you can join in on TalkShoe. We have a chat room that goes on while the show is going on, and uh, also if you want to call and get in the queue, we we've been going on and on. We haven't really done this yet, so let me give a call out for the phone number. It's seven two four 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 seven four four four, and the call ID number that you'll need for the show is one one. Zero eight two five, and um, so if you and if you've got a, if you've got a SIP client like um, Shoe Phone or TalkShoe, uh, you can call in uh, on one two three at sixty six dot two one two dot one three four dot one nine two, and that information might at least be useful for next week. Mm-hmm. And if you if you heard a loud noise before when Mark was talking, my keyboard tr- keyboard tray just. Um, broke so that's what that noise was so i apologize for that all right well we're um mark did you have any because i I know you said your time was limited so uh i i know we we need to take a a quick break but do you have any other comments that you want to make before we do that in case you need to run off no nothing pressing i'm I'm just happy to say um you know I suppose it's not TARDIS screens when it's tortured, is it? What's the tortured equivalent? We, well, on our website on uh, podshock.net, we have weevils. We give a weevils rating because uh, oh, even though nice we don't fun, see nice we, we don't see weevils anymore in Torchwood, but originally uh, the first couple <laughs> the first couple series they they were evident, you know, everywhere in in course, in, yeah. in Wales it seemed. So yeah, the fact that the fact that uh, weevils feel like they're from ancient history sort of illustrates just what a long journey it's gone on doesn't it yeah anyway five weevils from me great it's 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 an 
Incredible Transformation, how it went from a episodic series that the first two series was really about. Uh, there might have been some story arcs that had continued over from episode to episode, but now uh, with Children on Earth and, and now with Miracle Day, Torchwood has seems to be transformed into a um, sort of like a, a series of miniseries, you know, as we call them in the U.S. when you have a, um, a series that continues from one episode to another episode. Um, well, not necessarily the, the soap operas as well and all that, but I mean, that's what it's come down to telling a whole story in spanning a few episodes, be it five episodes or 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank you, Mark. Uh, again, it's always great to get your insight and hopefully um, you'll be back Pleasure. next Thanks time for, for our the review of, of next episode. Sure. Hey, thank since we are talking about Torchwood, we'd like to make a recommendation for an audiobook, which is going to be, which we normally, with Doctor Who Podshock, we'll pick Doctor Who titles. And obviously, since we're reviewing Torchwood, Miracle Day here, we're going to do a, a Torchwood title. And that's going to be, um, we're going way back to one of the original audiobooks offered by, that, that was a, a, a Torchwood title that was offered, which is, um, Torchwood Another Life, which I haven't heard, but it may have some parallels to this. I, I'm not sure. It's, um, it's well, first let me explain that uh, what we're doing is we're giving a referral or recommendation for an audiobook from Audible, which Audible, Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. They have over 85,000 titles to choose from, and that covers all different genres, be it business or thrillers, romance, comedy, of course, science fiction, fantasy as well. They have, um, they have all their titles are available to play on your iPhones or Kindles or Android devices, over 500 devices for listening anytime and anywhere. And for listeners of Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial so you have a chance to check out their service. But the audiobook is, um, that you get free is yours to keep, whether you decide to keep it or not. So if you're interested... We recommend that you go get your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash British Sci-Fi. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash British British Sci-Fi. No hyphen in the sci-fi. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, you can get your free audiobook and what um and they have several Torchwood titles there. I, I, I'm guessing about a, at least a dozen or so. And one of the first ones is called Another Life. It's by Peter Ange. Excuse me, Angelides, if I'm pronouncing his name right, I'm not sure. And it's narrated by John Barrowman. And we're going to hear a little bit from that right now. Jack Harkness stood by the corpse. He tilted his head up towards the blue afternoon sky. What do you see? She studied the body. It lay half on the pavement and half in the gutter, legs folded over to one side, arms splayed out at shoulder height. The back of the head had leaked blood and brains into the roadway and wetted the otherwise dried mud that caked the nearby drain. Same cause of death as the others, she said. Look again. Gwen took a broader view of the alley. This is a new location, still out of the way, secluded, but further into town. He dropped his gaze and his pale blue eyes stared directly at her. Look again. Time of death must be early this morning. He clucked his tongue. Let's leave that for Owen to decide at the autopsy. Now look again. Gwen stooped for a closer examination. She remembered where she'd seen this kid before. He'd been selling magazines by the market. 
He was one of the badge vendors who tearfully cajoled shoppers to part with their money, and who didn't scowl even when the passers-by gave him the finger instead of cash. And now here he lay, dead, in a grubby back alley and splot. Someone or something had extinguished that lively look in his eyes by crushing the back of his skull, crushing it so completely when already knew that when they turned him over, they would be able to see the cracked remains of his top vertebrae. Youngster, Jack nodded, satisfied. Won't be so hard for Tosh to cover up, because he won't be missed. He will be missed. Gwen was surprised how angry she felt about it. He'll be missed by me. I've seen him selling the big issue in town. So what's his name? That's not what I meant, and you know it. Jack smiled at her. It's all relative, Jack said. Which of us will be missed? And when? Next year? Ten years? A century? When they're building the next Millennium Stadium in Cardiff, or whatever Cardiff has become by then, who will miss any of us? Gwen stood up again. Sometimes I don't think you care about anyone. Well, there you have it. And as tradition with Torchwood, it um, paints a picture <laughs> of, of uh, gruesome reality there. Uh, I should make a point that this story is uh, about, it, it takes place, obviously, it's, uh, in um, Torchwood of old. We have Owen and Tosh still there. There's water levels and flooding that are taking place in Cardiff. And Torchwood is called to investigate a series of gruesome murders taking place during all this um the, the this i guess a storm that has um engulfed the the region there so that's um torchwood another life and that's available but you can make that your free selection you can make any that's available through audible as your free selection so once again to get your free title you can go to audibletrial.com slash british sci-fi to, uh, to get your free audiobook. Again, it's audibletrial.com, British sci-fi, and you can explore what they have to offer. I haven't listened to the audiobooks of this, but I think Another Life was the very first Torchwood book that came out. I um, think so, yeah. I think and, so. Yeah, and I think, I've, I think I got the, either the second or third one, Slow Decay, and they are very readable, and certainly as an audiobook, especially if you're, you've got a commute and you're you know, in the car, um, I, I mean, obviously, Captain Jack uh, knows the... It, how busy this guy is. He's it's... on tonight's tonight here in the UK <laughs> on Saturday nights. He's, he's judging on talent shows. God yeah, knows what this guy's he doing. He doesn't stand uh, still. And I know uh, Stephen Moffat had mentioned that he would love to have Captain Jack back on Doctor Who, but it comes down to scheduling, and I could imagine that could be problematic, you know, trying to get a hold of him. <laughs> I'd love his energy. Uh, in the text, by the way, we've uh, Cakes is Cakes uh, has mentioned um, uh, that everyone on Earth is in the... Going back to the, the, the episode we're talking about, everyone on Earth is in the situation Owen Harper was in Series 2 uh, that he didn't hear. Oh, yeah, that's um, right. That's, that's a good observation. I remember that now. Yeah. Uh, but in, uh, again, I don't think it's too spoilerish to mention that. I mean, in theory, he was he was not living, but not dead. I mean, um, it's not been brought up in this episode as to whether these people, I mean, they say Miracle Dead, they can't die uh, because they're still functioning, but but it's an ongoing are, are they theme. Dead? You know? It's an ongoing theme that Russell T. Davies keeps on bringing up. You know, you have Captain Jack who can't, you know, after what happened in, in Doctor Who and, um, you know, he, he was transformed so that he couldn't die and then you had Owen who was in this 
um, you know, that, that couldn't heal and it was, it was a living death and all that. And it's, it seems to be an ongoing thing in Torchwood. One of the things that I'd like to mention, uh, I mean, I know you're aware of the time now, but I mean, uh, this certainly assembled together a pretty good cast. I don't think I've seen any weak character in all the different uh, parts of the plate. Some we don't know how uh, prominent they will be uh, as the series moves on. Well, but, we did um, mention, you know, just as far as the cast members go, that John Barrowman's back and Eve Miles and Kai Owens and Tom Price are all back from their previous work experience in Torchwood. Now Sergeant Andy. Uh, yeah, PC Andy, and now, well, now he's Sergeant and Andy um, Davison, which I don't know if that's a nod to Peter Davison, but it's uh, supposedly that, that's his character's name. And joining them is, um, 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 and, and again, I hope I'm not, pronounced, not mispronouncing it, Mikai Pfeiffer playing Rex Mathis in the CIA uh, operative or agent or um, I'm not sure of his exact title now. Bill Pullman, as we mentioned before, plays Oswald Danes, which is that um, convicted murderer, child murderer. Uh, Alexia Havens plays Esther Drummond, and um, Arlene Turr plays the doc- Dr. Vera Jerez, um, who we see seen at yeah. the hospital. So they're all in this episode, and there's a one or two other main characters that have yet to be introduced, you know, um, which we'll see, I think um, we'll see in episode two yet, you know, uh, when that... Uh, now, Dave, now episode two is... Um, is coming out a week from thir- from last Thursday. It's coming up this week. It, it, in the UK, this will, that will be shown on Thursday. Yes. Okay. We run six days later. All right. Um, I just wanted to be sure that's going to be the the regular time slot is going to be on Thursdays. Yes. Okay. And 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 just to mention again, as we said uh, early on, um, the, in episode one, apparently the only difference between the UK version and the, the American version was. Um, what happened at the end, the sort of uh, trailer. I believe in, in, in the States, you, you got a, a shortened trailer that only referred to the upcoming second episode, which is now, of course, aired in the States. Here in the UK, we got a rather a long, um, about a minute, what seemed to be about a minute and a half trailer, which seemed to take us two or three episodes into the series, which slightly got me worried, I must admit. When I, when I watched episode one, and that's all we're talking about today, uh, I enjoyed it. I was a little bit concerned as though they, they were worried that they hadn't done enough and, and that they'd, they'd, they'd put together this sort of trailer saying, you know, don't worry, don't worry, you know, I, I, we know you know all this Torchwood stuff, but there's lots of new stuff coming for you as well, in inverted commas. Mm. Well, sometimes I'm always fearful when they show too much of a preview that they're going to give things away. And I was watching uh, again on in the Star Screening Room on their website. They have their promo promos in addition to the trailers. They have some of like the behind the scenes stuff. And there's this one um, promo piece that has the various actors but talking about it but they're not the actors they're, they're playing their characters so it's John Barrowman I think opens it up as Captain Jack and he's talking about the the, the series as Captain Jack and, and so are all the other characters they're they're 
speaking to you as their characters. And I had seen this. This was like, I think, their second promo that they produced that they put out months ago. And I had seen it then, but I sort of forgotten about it. So I was rewatching it again last night. And unfortunately, there's spoilers in there because there's stuff in there that uh, that gave me insight on what's going on, which hasn't been revealed in episode one yet. So it's just a bit of warning there that if you're sensitive to spoilers, you might want to avoid that promo and i don't know the exact name of the promo but you'll notice right away that the actors aren't speaking as themselves they're speaking as their characters and if that's the one you may want to just tune that off because i i think there are some i mean nothing major i don't think but that it gives away stuff that's not in episode one i'll say that much uh, and the other thing that we haven't mentioned as far as i know is that um uh, we're back to murray gold on the music murray gold's back you- doing the score and um, so again, that even though it's Murray Gold, which he he did with Children on Earth, he he when he creates these Torchwood scores, he does them different. I mean, it's not the same. They're themes that are repeated that gives you the flavor of Torchwood, but it's a whole new it's it's a, a whole new music soundtrack to give its own its its own flavor, if you will, or its own. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So I, I think kudos to him. I I think very much as we said before is that this really is Torchwood. It's just it's sort of like Torchwood wrapped up in a sandwich with with an American series. But I I think it's done very well, and I think it's it's pulled off very well. And now I I know Dave, you put together some clips, and I want to play another clip since we're 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 getting deep into the episode. Right. (laughs) 6 a.m. is the appointed time of death as Oswald Danes faces his last moments on this earth. Do you ever hear of Torchwood? It's British. Pass that Torchwood thing on to somebody else. It has absolutely nothing to do with me. Friends, my name is Dr. Horace, okay? We're taking you straight into surgery. Do you understand? Don't be so suspicious. What they flame past for? Because they can. I hope we're not disturbing you. Just wondering. It's private property. I'm busy. I could have shot them. 24 hours, no one's died. One lucky day. The survival of Oswald Danes turns out to be the first incident in a much bigger story. Miracle Day. Miracle Day. That's what it's being called. Miracle Day. The word Torchwood has vanished. If you search for Torchwood, you get no results. They all died. This is Sergeant Davison confirming reports of one suspect male in the vicinity of St. Helens Hospital, Cardiff City. Yes, my dad, he's in hospital. I've got to see him. I'm sorry, Reese. We've got to go back. Friedkin's office took all the Torchwood files, cleared us out. I know. He sent me to double check. No one dies these days. You want a bat? (laughs) Anyway, Captain Jack Harkness, nice to meet you. Well, I'm sure that guy really regrets blowing himself up now. (laughs) 
Yeah, um, I mean, even in that little clip that, that I've sort of cut together rather rapidly... Um, and thank you, you by the way. hear the music wor working very well. Then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, well, uh, not much more to add from my point of view, and uh, Resident Alien Mark, he did warn us that he, he would have to strap off audios. He's still in the room, but um, uh, obviously um, he, he w might not be able to contribute any more on audio. But um, well, we do thank him. I, I don't think we had a chance to thank him, so thank, thank you, Mark. I really do I appreciate you know, his participation. Uh, just a, one question I'd like to ask you, Lewis. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I saw it in high definition here in the UK. I mean, I don't know if you have access to high definition, but it looked very slick to me. I don't know how it. Well, I, uh, I didn't. What I saw was the the the, the streaming version that Stars offered, and it's um, it's not streamed in high definition. But I have to say that the quality of the show of, of of this episode was really it was cinematic. It was done. It was. I should make a mention that it's it's directed by Barat Nural. Oh my God, uh, Nolori. If I'm not, again, apologies if I'm pronouncing mispronouncing his name. He's a no good he's a British director, so his credits include Life on Mars, Hustle, Outcasts, and and Spooks. So uh, again, keeping that um, the 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 British roots here, he's um, he's he's a British director that they could have just easily gotten an American director, but it's again. So I think it it's definitely is loyal to its British heritage and its Welsh tradition and history so it's interesting though though that canada has gotten the series the second day after a star is where bbc is canada has nothing to do with producing the series yet bbc is getting it six days after which i don't know i know there's been a, a bit of a brouhaha in the fan community about this and rightly so i don't i don't really understand why that is uh, if any well, I, I'm I'm fairly laid back about it. I mean, I think some fans have, but I don't think it's it, I don't think it's an absolute outrage as some people think. Um, if if it's um, it's a payoff, isn't it, between getting a high quality product with? I mean, there was there was no doubt about it. You know, uh, what, what's the the phrase they say in, in America? You know, the money's on the screen. Yeah, I'm just saying that if. If nothing else, it should be maybe on, on the same day that Canada gets it. Oh, that, like that that would be ideal, yeah. of course. I mean, I'm not saying that I wouldn't prefer that. Um, I'm not even sure why uh, they need this sort of two versions. But as I said right at the beginning, mm -hmm. um, Russell T. Davis has at least intimated that, that Captain Jack um, is aware that some people might try and watch it who might be shocked by perhaps what's to come on the U.S. version. Now this series opens up, and we see Gwen and and um, and Reese with the, their baby hiding away, and they're afraid of being hunted down. And later on, we see this helicopter come and um, and chase chase after them. Now, it's 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 been a couple of years since I've seen um, Children of Earth. Why are they being hunted down again? Just because they they're affiliated with Torchwood? Well, there's some ambiguity about that. Uh, in fact, we were talking about it earlier. The fact that um, when the 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 young girl um, Esther is it that's looking through the records, uh, and and they talk about the fact that um, you know that one of the numbers that she's been given is um, um, that she's in a safe house number, uh, which which seems to imply that you know uh, the government is sheltering her from somebody else. 
but it's not actually stated that she's in, you know, a safe house. She says it's similar to, you know, the sort of safe house numbers that people are given. Um, yeah, for like witness so protection. Yeah, so we're not sure. And of course, the, the FBI have records on her. So we're not sure whether it's um, she's hiding from the FBI. We're not sure whether she's hiding from uh, British or indeed some infiltration of either of those organizations by somebody else. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think it's still. I think it's definitely left open because there may be something to come that that, that might be an important part of the plot. Yeah, because after four, five, six, after that incident and Torchwood had um, ceased to exist, it seems that everything, everything relating to Torchwood has been erased. Had been shut down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And of I course, Jack had gone off world, as we know. That was a miracle. Turns mm-hmm. out it's everyone. Did you get any more on that Torchwood thing? No, it's been shut down. Orders of Brian Friedkin goes through his office only. Case closed. But what was it? Because the way those files disappeared. Coral changed overnight, yeah? Some old British thing is not on the top of the list. Torchwood, that wasn't a virus. It's got to be some sort of malware. It's like nothing I've ever seen. The word Torchwood has vanished. It's been eradicated. If you search for Torchwood, you get no results. Nothing gets no results. And there's got to be something on paper. The shelves are bare. It's all gone to freaking. I asked Yvonne. <clears throat> she said it was classified under the 456 regulations. She said you want to stay away. Why? They all died. So the story goes, anyone that worked for Torchwood was killed in action. And they died young. So it's a nice bit of continuity there, tying it to 456, which mm. was in Children of Earth. At, um, it's interesting, there in, in um, Children of Earth, you know, we had this alien threat and we have, to, and right now in this first episode, everything's pointing to some sort of, you know, the only one that has this sort of technology would be someone off of Earth. So uh, we have to assume that it's an alien threat again, but it's, it's sort of the, the villain here, the adversary is um, non-death. There is no, we have no face of an enemy yet. You know, the, the, the adversary that they're facing here is the fact that no one is dying and, and the, what that will cause, you know, the overpopulation, the lack of food, um, the, the lack of resources for all this um, overpopulation is, is, is the the enemy right now because we have nothing else to assign that to, you know, and I'm, I'm yeah. assuming as the series goes on, we'll learn more and maybe learn more where this came from and what this is all about. And in this clip we've heard, uh, and we hear, we heard it throughout this whole episode, Brian Freakin, which is a strange last name, Freakin, which I assumed I, 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 I assumed it was a made-up name. I thought maybe it might have been Captain Jack was using that name, you know, as some sort of, you know, just like he used Owen Harper as when he was pretending to be um, um, someone else in, in that in the hospital there. So, but I I don't know. I, I haven't seen episode two yet, so it may be a, a different character that hasn't been introduced in episode one. Yeah, played by the actor who was in uh, Jurassic Park, isn't it? Oh, okay, Wayne so it, it's Knight. Wayne Knight. That's I was suspecting that might have been his character, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, he was in Seinfeld. He was a regular on Seinfeld playing... Oh, what was his name yeah, again? But, uh, I, don't think he's actually, I don't think he's actually appeared in episode one. No, he's not. He, but they, they, he, when they showed scenes for what's coming up in the series, he was in that. 
Right, yeah. And this, uh, uh, and this is probably my final contribution, really, because um, with just the two of us now on audio, uh, we don't want to uh, get the people tired of our voices, was the fact that, um, first of all, the, I, although I enjoyed the first episode, I wasn't totally uh, blown away by it. Um, uh, I think one of the, the easiest ones to perhaps uh, draw an analogy with uh, from an American uh, viewpoint was um, a series called Fast Forward, that when you watched the first episode showed so much promise, and then for me seemed to sort of basically melt away into um, basically, you know, they, they showed so much at the beginning, they you know show you the surprises, and then they, 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 then they seemed to stretch it out, and you, you thought, well, come on, give us some, give us a bit more. So I, I was a little bit worried about that. Again, I'm not going to reference... Mm-hmm episode two at all but i do feel as though if episode one and two had been shown as a feature-length movie or um pilot as it were the impact could have even been greater on this uh and and that's probably a small hint to me that actually i thought episode two was better okay well i, I haven't seen episode two yet and that was sort of deliberate going into this because i didn't want to i didn't want that to um you know somehow um make a difference on, on my review on, on episode one yet. So we'll, I guess we'll talk about that next week. When, and episode two is called Rendition, and that's followed by episode three, which is Dead of the Night. So, um, you know, we'll be reviewing those as well. Uh, it's interesting. I think different that, director, different writer. Uh-huh. It's interesting here. Um, well, going back to the whole thing with the, the, the helicopter, we don't, in, in episode one, we don't know who exactly is after them in that helicopter. That sort of resolves at the very end scene here where Rex Math- Matheson, the CIA head guy, sort of takes Torchwood under his jurisdiction. Jurisdiction, yeah. <laughs> and, I and trouble, yeah. So, you know, he's, uh, that's where we see PC Andy again and uh, the police and all that. So it's not them because they were shooting and he was, uh, you know, Rex Matheson was one of the targets. So it's it's someone or something else that's doing that. But what's interesting is that here we are and no one dies. And, you know, we've seen the exploded guy still living even once his head is decapitated. Yet when uh, when they shoot down this helicopter, which still had people on board and still obviously had pilots, uh, a pilot there, they uh, both Captain Jack and and Gwen, you know, they smile at each other. And I know what that's about, you know, like oh, Torchwood is back, but these people are in this non-death state that are burned up in this helicopter that are still, we have to assume, conscious and alive, even if they're exploded. So. Uh, they seem to have forgotten that little aspect of um, <laughs> blowing up the helicopter. Um, I think yeah. the, the real miracle here, going back to the Rex Math- Matheson character, is um, that mobile phones don't need to be recharged at all, we, we learn here, because uh, it goes, uh, Gwen's, um, it opens up in the beginning of the story, uh, Gwen has uh, a hidden phone stashed away that, like, locked up in a drawer someplace, that is only for like calls from PC Andy, and we have to assume that it hasn't been used in years yet. It's fully charged and ready when <laughs> when PC Andy calls. And well, I mean, there is a slight get around on that because she does have that stash of weapons, so she's obviously prepared for 
you know, an incursion. Yeah, but I, what I'm getting at is that the phone is charged. It wasn't plugged well, in. It probably would have done that, yeah. <laughs> it, what was more surprising was the fact that, you know, uh, the, the chap's talking on the aeroplane, and six hours later, he still seems to be having well, the same conversation. Uh, that, and also he's talking on in the hospital, he, and he makes this uh, trip, you know, taking a taxi or whatever to to the airport, and then he takes the plane, and you don't see a recharging cord. I mean, that, we have to assume that he's recharged his phone off camera, but it just seems l- unlikely that he's uh, he had that opportunity, and, and it doesn't seem like his, uh, his mobile phone dies at all. It, I think that's the real miracle in Miracle Day is these battles batteries that don't die <laughs> well i i needed well, to no, say no, that no, as a tech person in, uh, the miracle is <laughs> in et when the guns change into phones yeah yeah well we're talking about the 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 re-release of et when uh, steven spielberg had a george lucas moment and decided to um cgi the the rifles in the in those um i guess there was i don't know cia or whatever in their hands and government officials whatever they were and change them into walkie-talkies because they didn't want, you know, yeah, something like that. Yeah. They, they didn't want guns to be chasing, you know, armed people chasing children. So, um, so I guess that covers most of what's happened in episode one. Uh, I think you said yourself that you, you had said everything you needed to say. What's interesting yeah, is, well, yeah, just to give a rating, I would give it. Um, I think I'd give it um, three and a half, maybe four uh, weevils out of five. I think as a, if it had been done as a pilot film, I'd probably have been rated it even higher, maybe four and a half. But on this episode alone, three and a half to four. Yeah, I would give it four out of five. And and the, the only reason why you can't really give it five is because so much of it is left unexplained, and which is understandable. It's only the first of ten episodes. So, um, you know, it, you, you, you're left very, you know, not satisfied because you're not... A lot of things are left unanswered, but again, that's intentional. So, um, but I, I give it four out of five. I, I think it was a, a good start for Torchwood. I think Torchwood is back, and there's no question about it. You know, um, new opening credits, but it still has the, that same familiar feel, plus something new added to it. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of the series. So, all we really need now is to just send a play out to people to try and join this show uh, live so we have more voices on call yeah be uh, sure to what's your ID you've given out yeah it's um, the, the ID number is the call ID number for the show is 110825 but you can just join TalkShoe which is a free to join we have uh, right now the next episode isn't listed yet so I, I'll need to post that so next Sunday at the same time we'll, we'll be back next Sunday at 4 Eastern uh, Daylight's time for a review of, yes, Rendition, which is episode two. Uh, again, Dave, I want to thank you for these clips. Uh, let me uh, play this uh, last final one that you had done for us. CIA! Yeah? So what? <laughs> Hold you right there, mate. Oh, so much for tying him up. Never tied up a person. Oh, men are good at knots. How many times have you told me that? Yeah, at Christmas. Hey, 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 hey. I had a pole through my chest. I was dead, then I wasn't. I had to pay for this bridge. And now I want to know what the hell is going on, all right? Can't leave you alone for a minute. Now get in. He's got the gun to the kid! 
thinking there's more important things to be worrying about here. No, I cut my arm. Do you mean? I'm staying hurt. Don't you see the whole world becomes immortal? And I'm mortal. I don't mend. I'm normal again. I'm plain old human. Hey, what? Doesn't concern you. <sighs> there comes my ride. Andy, you can't do this. Orders from above. I'm sorry. He's in charge. And on behalf of the CIA, under the 456 amendments to U.S. Code 3184, I'm extraditing this so-called torchwood team to the United States of America. Now, get me out of here. Excellent. Thank you, Dave, once again for putting together those clips. Much appreciated. Pleasure. And I just want to remind people that you can also listen to Doctor Who Podshock, which is a show that we do concerning Doctor Who. We do cover a little bit of Torchwood there, but uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi was a spin-off of Doctor Who Podshock to kind of cover all British science fiction shows. So, But if you want to um, get a taste of um, Doctor Who Podshock, you can go to podshock.net, or, or it's available in iTunes as well. You'll hear the familiar... <laughs> Doctor Who Podshop. Okay, well, let's do it. No, I don't know. Whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. <laughs> For the best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest running science fiction television program with Louis Trapani. Hello. Ken Deep. Hello. James Norton. Hello. News. Fabulous. Reviews. Oh, no. And fan mail for James. Uh, over 40,000. Doctor Who Podshock from the Gallifrey Embassy. You know, that guy James was really cool. Oh, yeah. We blew that. <laughs> I'm the Doctor. And who are you? And who are you? So be sure to listen to talk to you, Podshock. And I want to thank you all for listening to Hitchhiker's Sky to British Sci-Fi. I know that's... It's a mouthful, and um, maybe we'll just abbreviate it to, um, you know, Guide to British Sci-Fi. I don't know. Let us hear what you guys think and get some feedback on that. Uh, I do appreciate everyone tuning in and listening, and if you're listening on the feed or listening live, we're always appreciative of you. So, and speaking of appreciation, I want to show my appreciation to Dave A.C. Cooper, who can be found on every week on the Cultum Collective, which is a show that covers all sci-fi. It's on every Sunday at 2 p.m. on TalkShoe. It's also available in iTunes, and um, they have a website, too. So, Dave, you can fill in people on where people can find and how to listen to the Cultum Collective. Thank you. Uh, yeah, the Colton Collective is on Touch You, Touch You ID 54821. We've just done an episode on both episode one and two of series four, Miracle Day. Um, next week we're going to be doing about the uh, Big Bang Theory. We're talking about those geeks in that funny American TV show. Um, but you can catch us, uh, well, actually find more about us at cultdom.com which is our blog. That's the show I do with Ian, the Sixth Doctor. And we also do some commentaries, which, uh, along with Mike Randall Thor, you can also find at zarban.com.
Fantastic. And you can follow Dave on Twitter at DaveAC, and you can follow me at Louis Trapani. We're both active on Twitter, so um, in between shows, you can chat with us that way. So I think that rounds out our show for Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. So uh, Thanks again to uh, Mike, resident alien. Made a great contribution. Yes. So until next time, cheers, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. To support this podcast, please visit Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi.com or ArtTrap.com and hit the donate button. We can only bring you this show with donations and support from you, our listeners. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions. Please visit ArtTrap.com for more on this and other podcasts.